Hello, DuckFeed and Days of Future Cast listeners. Jeremy here, uh, here to talk to you about time travel. That's right. Uh, this episode uh, was recorded back at the beginning of March, March 3rd to be exact. And here it is, almost at the end of April, and I am recording an intro for this one. Uh, this episode is all about me and Gary catching up on some MCU movies. Uh, we talk about... Uh, I guess there were some movies that we talked about. <laughs> Primarily, we wanted to get together and talk about the new Ant-Man movie. We have both seen it. It had just been uh, released uh, right around the time we recorded this. Uh, and of course, you can't talk about the new Ant-Man movie without talking about the major villain in the Marvel MCU franchise, uh, Jonathan Majors as King. Since we recorded, uh, you may have seen the news that he's lots of allegations have come out that he uh, is extremely abusive, that he beat up some woman, dropped from his management, uh, future with Marvel, unclear, all of that stuff. Uh, we wanted to include this little intro just to kind of set the tone. Uh, we obviously didn't know about any of that stuff at the beginning of March, so we talk a lot of sugar on Jonathan Majors, because uh, up until this point, it seemed like he was a pretty cool dude. Uh, obviously, that is the problem when you <laughs> are just, you just know somebody from their work that you don't know anything that they're actually about. Um, so yeah, it would probably be a little weird if we didn't include this, I think, just to, just to like I said, set the tone. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a little awkward if you feel weird listening to us about it, us talk about him. I totally understand that. Um, just keep in mind that, yeah, it's the magic of comic book time travel. Uh, also if you're screaming at your radio during our Ant-Man three discussion, thinking Jeremy, Gary, how could you not be talking about the appearance of MODOK in the MCU? You guys are crazy. This is a, the, one of the major points of the movie and you have to talk about it. Uh, just wait. Cause we, we almost forgot about it until we were doing the outro of the podcast. And I was like, hold up, Gary, we got it. We got to do the thing. Um, so yeah, wait till the very end and we will, we will talk about that weird, disgusting head that they made into the MCU. Thank you everybody for listening. And I hope you enjoy this podcast. These are the tales of I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, and it's time for us to revisit the MCU Phase 5. Gary, how do you how do you feel about Phase 5, Phase 4, Phases? Uh, phase 4 is super mixed. Phase 5 is 100% good so far, based on the <laughs> one movie that's come out from it for me. Um, what, uh, so far, the best phase. Which phase overall, of, your, of your life are you in, do you think? Do you think, since we're in our oh, 40s, we're in phase four? Is that, is, is that what we're doing? Or do you, because I feel yeah. like I'm in like phase three, I think. Like there was idiot child, then there was like adult idiot child, and now there's um, senior adult idiot child. <laughs> I, I'm certainly a, a, a phase four, like in that, because there's like little kid, edgy teen, and then there was like my married 20s kind of zone. You know, uh, and, and then like afterwards, uh, the dating after the marriage, and then now I'm like settled down. So I, I'm in. I'm a, a phase four boy. See, I feel like that's that's five phases though. I think you're phase five now. Might be five, phase five. Yeah, it depends. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many phases I get. <laughs> nobody, um, I mean, I have to see what they're Nobody does, five. brother. Nobody <laughs> does. Live every day like you can. <laughs> Like, uh, Kevin Feige drone strikes my house when I, uh, I get to the appropriate phase. And then the Fantastic Four shows up at my funeral in the post credits. I saw it's a, a big deal. Uh, Anthony Mackie interview where they were asking him about like uh, script security. Um, and he mm-hmm. was, and he described the process of like somebody picking him up, um, taking him to a location to meet the script person who then like unlocks the laptop uh, and then pulls up the script and like, 
sits it in front of Anthony Mackie and then watches Anthony Mackie read the script. It's incredible. <laughs> and then they close it and then like Anthony Mackie goes on his way and he doesn't have a copy of the script anymore. And I'm like, wow. It, it's is, so dumb. Oh, it's hey, so dumb and, and, and hilarious, so dude. The the reason so the reason be, like my guess is the reason behind that is not is nothing good. Like it's that uh there are people who are watching these movies just because they want to know what happens mm-hmm. now. You know, so if they just knew what happened, they wouldn't see it at all. Yeah. Like the the people who are kind of over, like the spell is broken, they still feel committed. They have to see the post credits thing. They have to see how the next chapter works. You know, and they I'll, just read it. They I also think it. that there's a probably a healthy population that will go grab spoilers just on the just to like go into a Twitch chat and be like Iron Man dies or whatever to, to yeah, spoil just everybody's be, great be time. assholes. Yeah, yeah. They're in phase uh, two. All of those guys are in phase two. That's that yeah. shitty team behavior. <laughs> that's, the, that's the phase of their life in. Uh, we haven't done one of these in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just wrapped, even though we're recording it before we recorded it, podcasting's weird. Uh, so we, we just wrapped up Uncanny X-Force. Yes. Taking a little break this before our next uh, comic run, which we're going to announce mm-hmm. uh, here. And we have got a guest, which yeah. is fun. It's going to be super uh, fun. I'm excited. At least for, for part or most or all of that. But we still see these movies and and such and TV shows. Even though I'm be, I'm the one who's holding that up, I'm behind on TV. I have to watch uh, Guardians Christmas Special and Miss Marvel. You don't have to watch Guardians I, <laughs> if I, you don't I, want I, to. <laughs> I just feel like I should to to say like yeah, I felt I the it. same way and I regretted it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. It's the at least it's it's a one one off. Yeah, it's a you one know, shot. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's an afternoon. And I can look at my phone while I'm doing it. Uh, so, so we're going to talk about uh, Thor Love and Thunder, which we think we can't remember if we officially talked about. Uh, I know we talked about it a little bit. Uh, Wakanda Forever, Ant-Man, and where the Werewolf by Night TV movie. Yes. Thing. Um, uh, and yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited to get into these. This, this Marvel, the most recent Marvel stuff is, is kind of all over the place in, ter- in, in terms of the movies. Because uh, like, I think I liked Thor Love and Thunder better than you. Uh, just because I'm yes. just because I'm an Axel Rose fan, I think that's the only difference. Like, I, it gets it gets point seven five points <laughs> because yeah. of, because there's a lot <laughs> just of from from Guns and Roses use. Exactly. Yeah, they put yeah. November Rain in it. I couldn't can't not like that. <laughs> yeah. No. No. The November Rain is great. The, 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 yeah, I get it. They should have just cut out the middleman and had Axel like be Beta Ray Bill or something, or just Jane Foster. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's that's, that's kind of his range. <laughs> I mean, if you think yeah. about it. The, um yeah i uh i didn't didn't like that one and i had a moment it's funny i'd be curious to see if you're in the same place because i know you've uh some of these more recent movies you haven't felt and you you know you're talking you didn't like that guardian special stuff like that uh where i was like oh is is the the spell broken like Mm -hmm. i I saw love and thunder and i was like man i i hated that like do i do i not like these movies and i'm looking at a list right now of all of them chronologically and realizing like no it's always been about a half to a third, I haven't really liked that much. Yeah, yeah. You know that that's always been true. Like the the I was looking at this list. The third one that came out was Iron Man two. <laughs> you know, and that's and that weird. So they've always <laughs> they've always been hit and miss, right? Like I don't like Thor one and two at all. Like even a little bit, you know. Um, they've always been real hit and miss, and I, I think they're kind of continuing as such. There's a lot of you know the sky is falling, it's over feelings. And then I have to think back and be like, no, I really liked you know Sp- the third Spider Man. Really like Doctor Strange. I I loved Ant Man three, which is not a popular opinion. That showed up on the EV Club did like the worst, you know, uh, third in a trilogy thing, and they included it. I'm like, you're a fucking out of your mind. 
Yeah, I don't. The I don't, worst I, in third in a trilogy. I don't get that at all. Like, yeah, I yeah, I do. I do not. It feels like people saw a different movie when they're talking about that one to me. I feel like um, with Thor, like I, I do feel like there's a there's an element of like sequel fatigue with some of this stuff because specifically with Thor four, um, I realized as I was watching that movie how done I was with like this portrayal of Thor, um, and it was a bummer because. Like, obviously, at the end of that movie, Jane Foster uh, passes away. So there wasn't even, like, a handoff of the hammer or anything. Like, it just seemed like, oh, we just, yeah. we're just kind of pushing him to the side with this kid at the end of the movie. And, like, that now I guess we are, quote, unquote, done with him. Um, but I just, you know, I mean, Ant-Man is just not quite there for me because I feel like Ant-Man hasn't been in... He, he worked, I know that he hasn't been in as many of like the Avengers movies as Thor was, or focused on as much as as, as Thor was. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that there's just straight up character fatigue. Um, but then also, I think the MCU really has a problem with tone right now. Like, yeah, Thor especially one hundred percent. Like, yeah, th- Thor is the most tonally confused movie I've seen in a very long time. Yes, I mean it is. Uh... It is so super like sad and serious at times while also wanting to do this like trademark uh, goofiness that what's his name brings to all of his movies and it is so frustrating to to watch it watch those two battle each other like you can't have these like sad moments while someone's getting chemo as well as having like real dumb music moments or whatever like i just i just kind of hate all of that stuff when it doesn't mesh together yeah it doesn't it doesn't work they took it too far you know, like the weird thing about Ragnarok. So like, I love, I love Ragnarok yes. and I, I've watched it before, you know, not too, too recently, but not too far in the past either. I think it holds up really well. Right. Um, the thing about Ragnarok is it's about a serious thing. You know, I, th- I think Ragnarok is one of the movies that has like a, a serious through line. Like, you know, Asgard is its people. It's not the location. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, this is a cool lesson for Thor to learn. And he goes through an arc and I think it's a well, really well done movie. Uh, that's a serious theme for that, but it doesn't echo real world uh as much you know it's it's more abstract so like even though it's serious and and it real lives are contained with it it's not straight up taking imagery of people who have had dying relatives you know and using that imagery yeah like it's not dealing with chemo it's not dealing with child death like gore the god butcher was a cool character in thor 4 but he was totally serious and uh you know, dour and bleak in a way that didn't match everything. Like the sliders were turned in both directions too far. Yeah. The serious stuff was too serious. The goofy stuff was too goofy. I feel uh, like Christian it, Bale it hold. was just like in his own movie. It, it doesn't feel like he was in the same thing at all. Yeah. Like, it's like just, it was, it, it was fun to watch. Like he's a charismatic actor. Yes. Like I thought that that character was cool. You know, it, it hit the cool factor to me. Like, Oh, this guy's cool. I think this is interesting. I like watching this guy, but totally different movie. And I, I like, like like the the like all of like the representation of his powers and like the the concepts and things. But then like you you wrestle, and I think I think Cosmic Marvel is really going to have this problem, and maybe is why I'm not like super on board for the the next Guardians movie that's coming out. Is that like you you introduce these concepts and you are left with so many questions, and it's it just it just it just feels like too much. Um, and yeah. I, and I don't I don't know. Like I, I think with the comic books, like you, I've come to kind of expect that. 
where I, I I can just like fill in the blanks with my imagination. But up until like phase four and now phase five, like the MCU has felt really, really grounded, even when there's like characters flying all over the screen. And now it just feels like someone snipped the fucking tether and it's like, everything is possible. Let's do everything. Like ever since yeah. Loki introduced the multiverse, we're just, it's just the most pulpy comic booky stuff ever, which is fine. Like it's, it's a comic book movie. I'm not actually complaining about that, but I think it leads to these problems where we have, you know, the, this Zeus guy running around in a, in a fucking arena full of gods um, and, just, and just like openly bragging about murdering people. And then you'd have to like ask like, oh wait, are you actually, like we're not commenting on any of this stuff. You just think it's like a funny portrayal, right? Like we're not making yeah, any kind of nothing, insight. Yeah. Nothing to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's weird too, because I, for me, that expansion of scope, uh, the actual multiverse stuff actually works pretty well for me. And the way that they're tying it in with other movies, I think is very clever. Like I, that 100%, like I loved the third Spider-Man movie. Like I yeah. thought no way home mm-hmm. was awesome that all that shit worked like super hard for me. And whenever they do something similar to that, like that's the, the thing I keep hearing and suspecting about Deadpool three is it's going to bring all this shit together. And there's probably going to be X-Men shit that happens in it from the Fox movies and stuff like put that in my veins. Yes. I'm, I'm way into that. I think that's very clever, a way of having like an ultimate universe and a six one six in the movies by having these conglomerates and their rights issues kind of stand in for that 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 is that tickles me right Mm -hmm. but when they uh keep going further out into space they keep going further out into like realms you know uh it loses me a bit like the the whole god city thing in thor 4 is so weird because it's like oh okay like this is the first time we're learning zeus fucking exists (laughs) so so zeus exists you know (laughs) like i don't know it it just ends up feeling a little weird you it, know, it, it doesn't feel as elegant as some of the stuff. Yeah, I feel like, like in a weird way, the MCU has been relatively like had a relatively deft touch with some of these concepts that they were introducing um, and like being grounded to Earth really helped with that. Um, and I know like Guardians was a good movie, despite not being on Earth. Right. Like it was. But it was and introducing like planets and this outer space civilization. But like yeah, the, the Nova Corps shows up in that. Yeah, exactly. Like, like all kinds of dumb, dumb ideas show up in that. But for some you know, reason but, that doesn't like when yeah. it comes to deities and stuff, like I just, I just feel like, I don't, I don't know, man, like the whole, that whole segment in the middle of that movie just dragged that movie down for me so bad. Cause I mean, Russell Crowe is, is having the time of his life doing it. Um, and, but it's just, it's all so incredibly over the top and crazy that and like, just, it was just dumb. Like I just couldn't help but think that the whole thing was it, really, really dumb. <clears throat> It's a, this is, it, this is a thing where I simultaneously agree with that, but also it's one of the only parts of that movie I really remember. <laughs> I like, guess I, I think that's true. Yeah. It's boring as hell. <laughs> like, in addition to that, like I remember that I remember Jane Foster with a really, really too shiny helmet, uh, fighting off monsters in the village. And I remember Gore, the God butcher putting all the children in the shadow death cage, uh, and, and being creepy as hell. Uh, and it being like making me laugh out loud, even though. I was not meant to laugh out loud at that. It was supposed to be spooky. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was just like, this is so fucking dumb. Uh, yeah. That that has uh, taken the cake now. That is, uh, Thor 4 is my least favorite Marvel movie. I was looking at this list here. I'm like, yeah, I don't think there's one I like less than that. Man, even Eternals, uh, huh? Even Eternals. I think Eternals is more interesting. 
Eternals uh, just Eternals. because it didn't have that character fatigue. Like I don't like Eternals very much, but Eternals didn't have November you know. Rain, so I guess I'm always it's, gonna. Have... <laughs> someone didn't stay for the post credits where Black Knight I, cries I, over a wedding cake. I guess not. Uh. <laughs> Give me Jon Snow as Axel Rose in a, a new video for November Rain, please. I would like to see that recreated. Is that a, such not a good actor? You think that's a cameo um, buy? Could I just go to cameo and try to get him to? Do? No, probably not. Um, yeah, um, th- there's a lot of stuff not yeah. to like about Thor, uh, and I uh, the most recent Thor movie. And I, and it's it's really it makes me mad because like I really wanted Valkyrie to be a much more of a part of it. Uh, I felt like she was completely sidelined oh, the entire same. thing. Yeah. Uh, even like the framing device is told by uh, the the rock guy. Um, um, yeah, a core. Guy. Yeah, Korg or whatever. Korg. Yeah. Uh, I I just like. There was some that joke, like that, the cadence, and it just made me realize, like, oh, I'm kind of over this director now. <laughs> like, I kind of. It's weird though, because <laughs> it's it is a familiarity breeds contempt thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I think you, I think you hit it one with that because, like, the Korg was cute in Ragnarok because he was a little side comic relief character, but now we're meant to like care about Korg, and Korg is getting an action figure, and like, I don't know, I can't. I can't get into Korg on that level. And he's gay and he's gay you rock know? married, which is great for Korg. I'm happy for him. Like, I'm glad he's gay yeah. rock married, but it's still like, it's, it's it, not the diversity <laughs> win that I think that they think it is. And yeah. it's not enough, you know, for me to be like, yeah, man, show me more Korg. <laughs> I need, yeah, I need, I, just, I need uh, a spinoff event or something. Yeah. No, no, thank you. I do not. I do not need yeah. this. Uh, uh, it, it is a painful transitionary period as they try to transition to new actors. And I would you imagine know, and new setups. And I'm, I don't imagine like as we've talked about with some of the previous stuff too. Like their whole schedule got so fucked with COVID that they yeah. a lot of this stuff I think is is they're trying their best to recover whatever kind of arc that they had originally had planned before everything went to went to, went to shit. And um, you know I think you see that in like a lot of the visual effects stuff. There's a lot of the like fighting and stuff in Thor that I just did not appreciate. Where like Ragnarok is a visual spectacle of a movie that I was like yelling yeah, throughout yeah. that it was so good. Well, the, the, that's a whole a whole issue that like people who get frustrated that like these movies always try to get gotcha me on. Yeah. Is the, the labor rights abuses like, Oh, if you like these movies, you must be in favor of those. Yes, it's like, exactly right. No, yes. <laughs> no, of course that fucking sucks, man. Like I don't, I don't want VFX artists to be, you know, uh, taxed beyond belief. I just want to be like, how uh, many diamonds is, did yeah. you buy your wife, bro? <laughs> like, I mean, what, you know what I'm saying? Like we're all participating in the system. Like fuck off. Yeah. Um, I will, I do want to call out talking about visual effects though. The, the battle on the like grayscale planet or whatever I thought was absolutely, I thought that was so fucking sick. I thought that would like all of that stuff was really, really cool. Like when it goes to black and white, drains the color, the weird, oh, like, yeah, yeah. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like the weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, like they're on a tiny planet, like they're bigger than the planet kind of thing was really, really fucking weird to me and great. Like I really liked the the scale of this small planet that they were mm. circling around on. Um, I, I thought yeah. that stuff was really neat. I just, it takes a long time to get there. And then like at the end of the movie, it's just like, do you like your daughter more than death? <laughs> Let's, is that a, <laughs> the, uh, do you want to make this choice? <clears throat> do you want to give daughter to Thor? Thor, you acquire daughter, you know, <laughs> there's a micro Thor now. This Little door Thor. gives plus 22% to Thor-infected enemies. Yes. <laughs> God, I hate it when I get Thor-infected. Uh-oh. I don't know if you saw any of that going around. Did you see yeah, that? Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Good. I'm just making sure. It's, it's very funny. Hilarious. Uh, so, like, there were things, a mixed bag, right? Like, least favorite is maybe, I might have to walk that back a little bit. It might just be most disappointing because I liked Ragnarok so much. Yeah. You know? 
Um, cause it, I was just like, looking at him, like Thor two is just over there being like, Hey, Hey, can you remember me? I fucking blow. Yeah. Like I, the, do you remember you Elon know, Musk I, being in that movie and him? Uh, yeah. do you remember Scarlett yeah. Johansson beating up, uh, not Vince Vaughn, who, whoever the dude that plays happy is, I can never remember his name. Yeah. Uh, John Favreau. Yeah. 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 It's a, um, he's got a lot of Vince Vaughn energy. It's you're all right. I get him. I get him yeah. confused constantly. So yeah. they're, they're both big doughy white guys. Just one slightly doughier than the other. Uh, AKA me and Cole. And it, um, makes, it made me think like, yeah, well, it, choose who's doing here. <laughs> it made me think like, do I just not like Taika Waititi movies anymore? Um, Cause, and then I got mm-hmm. to thinking like, what Taika Waititi movies do I actually like? Like, I, I like what we do in the shadows. I like the TV show, what we do in the shadows, which he doesn't really have that much to do with. <laughs> and then it's hard to tell how much he had to, to do with it, to be fair. Oh, there's, you know, there's like a, he, there's a joke going around that where Jermaine Clement's like, yeah, he showed up on set one day, like when they were accepting an award or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did not see that. That's and, and maybe he's like writing telling. behind the scenes or whatever. it could be just a you know a joke between those two dudes or whatever. I'm not saying anything, but uh, but like yeah. really, it's just Thor Ragnarok. Like that's all of the affection that I have for that dude is what we do in the shadows and Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he plays an intolerable villain in Free Guy. Uh, it's impossible to watch. I can't, um, I can't. He, he does a what you talking about Willis reference like it's it's uh, I don't deploy this word really lightly but it's cringy as shit mm. um, really hard to watch uh, the next thing that came out though was good I think which was werewolf by night um, so, so what did you what did you know about this going in because I knew absolutely nothing about what it yeah. was other than like I remember them announcing this and showing like we're gonna do a, 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 a TV special werewolf by night during October and I was like that's so fucking weird like what is that and then uh, a couple of people on Twitter were like oh my god this was so fantastic I loved it and I was like fuck it let's do this and I turned it on and had just the best time with it like really it, entertained throughout like I knew about the character because of um a weird mid two thousands comic I read, uh, where Nick Fury recruits a bunch of monsters. Okay. <laughs> and what, one of them is the werewolf by night. Uh, I think it's called Nick Fury and the howling commandos, which is cute. Um, but the, uh, so I knew about the character, but it was, it's the most obscure thing they've done anything with. Like nobody cares about it. He's not like active right now in a big way. So it was really weird. Like I was, I was really excited. I watched the trailer and the trailer has Elsa Bloodstone in it, who I think is cool yes. uh, from the comics. I knew about from Next Wave, but I've seen her in other stuff. I think she's neat. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. It looks good. You know, like, vi- like visually looks good. Like the black and white looks cool. Imagine, uh, this imagine cool being such a fan of Next Wave uh, and knowing Elsa Bloodstone from there and not knowing she was going to show up in this at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just be like, oh, shit. Oh, my you God. Know? I was like, holy, is she an Avenger now? Like, I'm ready. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't know uh, Man-Thing would be in it, <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, which was awesome, too. Like, uh, it's really fun. It, it's I want them to do. I would almost be, you know, we talked about this. Like, the, in general, I think the TV shows have been more consistent mm-hmm. for a little while. Like. I haven't watched any of the Marvel TV shows and been like, this is a fucking death march. Yes. You know, like there's nothing I've watched yet where I've been like, I, I cannot handle this. Even the, the weakest ones, like even like a Falcon, and the winter soldier, I think like it's actually like pretty fun. You know, there, there's good stuff in it. I liked watching it. Right. Um, transitioning to this hour long, like TV movie format might be a really good idea. Yeah, dude. I, I like, think I told doing, you doing more of this stuff. I think I pitched this to you when we, when we originally, like when just me and you, like on, on, before we even hit record on a podcast one day, I was like, this is the way they should introduce all of the X-Men. Like I want, I yeah. want, I want Scott's origin. Like I want the high school. I want the, I want it to be an hour long setup. And then 
when he shows up in the fucking mansion, like we we know everything we need to know about that guy because he's over here because we we have this one hour yep. special and like doing that like you don't have to invest huge amounts of money like you get these actors you can do a little testing figure out what people like like all this cool stuff the the Weapon X story like the the Wolverine Weapon X like Larry Hama comic should one hundred percent be an hour long TV special oh yeah dude like if they make that a movie it's gonna be so goddamn boring. <laughs> I think so too. Like it's a three hour movie. But if they do that as an hour long TV, like an action, like very bloody, you know, push it as like hard PG 13 mm-hmm. as hard as they can. Uh, like, like a John wick action style thing. Be incredible. You know, like they, they could make that really good. I mean, uh, it, I there's I so, there's so many of these stories I think that would be really great around this. Uh, like in that, in that format, just like where you don't have the two and a half to three hour fucking, <laughs> you called it a death march but like i just think like because right now you know thinking about coming out of wakanda forever which is feels felt like a funeral more than like this my, the funeral yeah, of my it, stepfather that i just attended a few yeah, weeks ago I, like jesus i did not like that movie man <laughs> like we're, we're, it's that's excruciating there's no business to have being three hours long um like but I guess I guess outside of all that, like this was just really fun. Like the the black and white format works really well. They did they played with it with the lighting. All of the monsters mm-hmm. and everything are just really unique. All of the characters were really fun and like the super stupid weapons and everything like that. Like the the concept was good. Man thing was there, which I mean this is yeah. fucking great. Like I just again the whole time I'm just having the just an absolute blast. Like it was so much fun. Yeah. It's um the uh really fun, really well paced. I really hope they incorporate that shit. It would have been if they hadn't already uh, positioned him as a movie guy. This would have been a great place to introduce Blade. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I kept expecting Blade to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, Blade hunts monsters. Like, there would be a great post credits thing if they were going to do that. I don't even. Was, I don't even think there was a post credits thing to this, if I remember right. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, which which is is fine. Like, I'm not trying to be a simp for post credits things, but if they're going to commit to this everything is a chapter in one big story mm-hmm. thing. It makes sense to have connective tissue. I think part of the reason why this broke through to more people was because it didn't have that, you know, uh, it just didn't like, it is kind of free, freestanding, like little black and white monster action thing. It also you know? like removed something that you and I have complained about, which is them showing literally everything that's cool about a movie in, a, in the trailer for the movie. Um, and I, yeah, like having, we'll talk about this with Ant Man, but like having knowing that Modok was in Ant Man before I saw Ant Man was a real bummer for me personally. I was like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to know that. Like, I just didn't. I would have yeah. if I had just seen Modok out, come out of nowhere, I would have been like, you were fucking kidding me. Like, but yeah, oh I, well. I I was uh, I ended up reading it, but I didn't see him. <laughs> well, that's uh, we'll, we'll get yeah. there in a minute because I want to talk a yeah. lot about Modok. <laughs> yeah, what seeing him is like the um yeah the the werewolf by night is super cool. Yes, uh, there are so many things in uh in the comics that would lend themselves better to that format than a TV show or a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, you know, you're talking about X Men. Like it'd be real if they wanted to introduce like a Squirrel Girl. Yeah. Or something like that. Like the cool thing, one of the cool things about Werewolf by Night is that, uh, you know, one of the things I liked about um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is it had some horror movie beats. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't a horror movie, but it had horror movie beats. Werewolf by Night, they could take different genres, you know, and and do them as as this. You know, if you wanted to do like introduce Patsy Walker Hellcat or whatever, do it as a you know, as like a, almost like a, a sitcom romance with some superheroing in it. Yeah. Do Squirrel Girl as a college story with some superheroing in it. 
You know, um, it's kind of what they did with She-Hulk, and it's part of why She-Hulk is so good, is that the genre is not superhero. Yes. You know, the genre is sitcom plus superhero. And them kind of blending that stuff, I think, is a really cool way to expand other than just expanding into realms and further out into space yeah. and bigger concepts. Our, uh, our buddy you know? Dave over at the Comic Book Herald has been raving about uh, Moon Girl and the Devil Dinosaur. Uh, I've heard that's really good, too. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I haven't I watched, watched it, but I heard I, it's great. I watched the trailer, and it's it's difficult to like see the tone that the whole show would take from the trailer because it's the trailer was definitely like saturday morning cartoon uh vibe and um so i'm, I'm curious how it how, how it would be to just actually watch it because uh it's obviously aimed at kids it's, it's a it's a cartoon aimed at children so i was like i wonder like what is getting dave about this because it's just really seems yeah but if it's you know if it's the stuff we're talking about like if it's marvel you know being like relatively inventive and and, and leaning into the streaks of their their art styles and things like that that i'm of course 100 here for it so yeah. And doing taking more kind of real life characters and introducing them in an animated format is also a cool idea. Yeah. To me. Uh that would also be a cool way to do a squirrel girl if you want to do a squirrel girl. How do you feel about them uh, doing the Spider Man sequel stuff as a as an animated series? Have you heard about this? Did you The uh Spider Man in high school? Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um I curious. You know, open minded. I, I don't have a strong opinion one way or another. Yeah. Curious to see how they'll do it. Uh, I find it just I kind of find it fascinating from a storytelling perspective that we didn't see the origin story and now they're, they're going to yeah. go back and, and get that. So um, I'd prefer that than to have a movie about it. Yes, exactly. You know, I'm, I'm glad they skipped it in the movies. Like, you know, the, the Spider-Man trilogy is pretty strong uh, in these movies and like in part because they don't waste a lot of time. God, and imagine all of shit. the creative ways you can watch Uncle Ben die since it's animated. Like you don't have to film anything. You could just watch it from <laughs> several different <laughs> angles. Should release an omnibus where like Uncle Ben dies on every page. <laughs> <laughs> you just like flip through all the different multiverse of ways he gets tortured. The Marvel inverse, the Marvel Uncle Ben inverse. Yeah. <laughs> me, 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 me and uh, the band were all joking about uh, using magic to save Eric Clapton's son from Mephisto. Fan <laughs> 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 practice. Yes, okay. Perfect. Uh, the the uh, my one my one wish to a genie would be that Eric Clapton's son could actually fly and to see to say and then he goes. Hell yeah, dude! That song would get so weird. <laughs> Like, <laughs> and, and then the kid probably just start out the same and like and turn into a psychedelic like whoa what the fuck man super son <laughs> and then the kid immediately loves me that he, more than he does Eric Clapton he, and I adopt him and I marry yeah, whoever yeah. his mother was but <clears throat> yeah it's like how Thor gained kid exactly yeah Eric Clapton is such a shitbag I just want to take his dead children away from him I don't think he gets yeah it makes, uh, that guy does suck <clears throat> uh, complete amounts of ass um speaking of also sucking complete amount of ass uh, I I. There are things to like about it. Uh, I did not like uh, Wakanda Forever uh, very much. It's a uh, I I don't know I know why. Like I think that the this everything that is wrong with this movie is because the main actor died and they weren't expecting it, and they really went out of their way to pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Um, and I think that they did so much of that that they forgot that they were making a Marvel movie almost, and, I, I, and that's that's obviously like. It, it's little. almost like they forgot they were making a movie at all you know so, so I, I think that is a big problem like don't don't get me wrong the fact that it, it is a funeral movie that kind of expects the viewer to mourn a character slash actor the same way their family would mm-hmm. like is nuts you know like I, I i like chadwick boseman i thought he did a good job yeah you know as black panther mm-hmm. and really talented actor he seemed like a good person yep i didn't know him though you can't try to cash that emotional check uh, and it's different than just having the characters react to it. 
you know, like there's plenty of that in this movie. And some of that was really good. Like, you know, the characters would be affected by this, but it was really, really leaning on me feeling it Mm -hmm. in a personal sense. And I was not, (laughs) uh, because of course I wasn't, I didn't know the guy, you know, it it wasn't a friend. The the first, the first half of this movie feels like it's just that stuff. Like it's, and it's a lot of Shuri struggling with her grief and her, uh, her lack of faith and her, her like missing faith and whatever, the religion is or whether the, whatever spirituality the, the family is shared or Wakanda shares or whatever. And, um, and that stuff is okay. But like Shuri was like a, a very much a sidekick character and I'm not quite like comedy relief, but like kind of comedy relief a little bit in the first, uh, first movie. And so to lean on her for a lot of this emotional work, uh, just, Man, it just felt like it was just a like I was just swimming through someone's grief, and I I was like, what are we doing? Like, why why did we feel the need to go this deep into into this? And it's because like I think everybody, I think that whole set, I think that whole cast and crew was probably absolutely heartbroken, justifiably that Chadwick Boseman oh, died. Yeah. Right, Ryan Coogler was going to retire. Yeah, like after that, like it it hit them real hard, and I'm not trying to take that away. You know, in purely from like a, a craft context though like it it's it made a worse product to me yes like it might have been necessary to get this poison out you know uh they couldn't just like recast them and move on uh, i get that they but it, it the ratios are all wrong uh the other problem in this though and this is something i haven't seen a lot of people talk about is like the dower tone like that's weird it's a funeral of a movie there's more stuff in Wakanda Forever that uh, should have been cut than any of these movies I've ever seen. Uh, I defy anyone to tell me why. Uh, what's his head? Ross Everett, uh, Martin Freeman, and Julia Louis Louis Dreyfus were in this movie at all. Oh, it's just just to like, set up the just to set up the the other movies, right? Like that was it. Like that little they, did, ex- they didn't even set up the other movies though. I, like it just cut to them. It would be uh, Wakanda would be like you know, the Americans aren't going to like this. And then it would cut to 20 minutes of the Americans not liking it <laughs> like in real time. And it didn't do anything. Like all of the scenes with Martin Freeman it was him picking up a phone and being like, uh, we got trouble, but it would go on for a really long time. It made no fucking sense to me. And the- I was expecting Julia Louis-Dreyfus to be a big part of the movie because she's going to be the queen of the Thunderbolts or whatever. Uh, she should have been wheeling and dealing or something. Yeah. You know, or at the very least, like, again, I, I'm not trying to sound like a simp for these post-credit scenes. What if at the end she recruited Namor? Like, hey, I know you've got these problems. You know, we should work together, actually. Not everyone on the surface is against you. Like, we could actually, yeah, I don't know, something. But every, every time it cut to Martin Freeman jogging, I wanted to fucking die. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it happened like six times. It, 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 it was a lot. And like every time that he's like, he's just he's so much he's so much of a nervous character in this because he's you know his his allegiances are are pulled from one side to the other and everything and who cares who cares like Like, is anybody invested in this character i was trying to think back to black panther and i was like what are you doing black panther and the answer is also fucking nothing yeah Uh, it's really and i hate that his name is ross everett and people just call him ross but then there's general thunderbolt ross who people also just call ross yeah yeah it just it, who I just don't know what he's doing there. Uh, he's a fine actor. Like I like Martin Freeman, but it was 
it was really, really frustrating to me. It's wild to me that they are making like a uh, weird CEI, CIA guy, uh, like a, a recurring character so much, right? Like, it, I mean, that's all this. Yeah. Dude, like, it could just be a different CIA person every time. I love, I love Martin Freeman too. I think he's great. I, I loved him in Lord of the Rings, but, but I just yeah. don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, I just think that you know, you don't need this guy showing up to be this character every single fucking movie like and I, i'm with you like again when i saw the runtime for wakanda forever i was like what are we doing like what i know we have a lot yeah. to do there's namor and then there's Ironheart, and there's grief and uh, apparently we're gonna kill angela bassett to get her off the payroll <laughs> gotta get rid of that shit <laughs> <laughs> so she can get her oscar and get out yeah phase five uh, get this chick out of here um I, I i don't know man like the movie was really all over the place to me uh and i'd the things that I like about it are um, really, really specific. Like all of the cool, like tech Wakanda forever, Wakanda technology. I mean, um, is is super interesting, yeah. and like I love all that stuff. I got to give a one weird, funny reverse shout out to that though. Uh, the beginning of this that ends, this movie begins with a twenty minute funeral, basically like a death mm-hmm. scene and then a funeral for a long time. Uh, the fact that Black Panther's limited edition Marvel Black Panther casket gets fucking beamed up into space into a Wakanda ship. It's so fucking weird. I was howling. <laughs> like, I, and I was like, I'm supposed to be sad. This is the funniest thing I've ever I seen. I don't know why they did that. Uh, like, why did they, like, that imagery is so fucking weird, man. Like, does everybody it's, get this it's spaceship? Bougie. It's <laughs> Like, what are we? My plant, my home planet needs me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to recut the entire movie with a slide whistle over that ascent i just I, like coffin. what does did, did, does every black panther get that like wh- how long have y'all had these planes like what are we doing they'll have to share the same coffin i the uh <laughs> shake and bake baby shake and bake i don't know man uh, I, I i thought the uh, i thought that was I, I do think that the moments that this movie like really tries to sell is, is emotional sometimes completely fails at least for me because i just it's a marvel movie like i just like i'm i'm having fun i'm trying to have fun with it and i can appreciate like emotional stuff but at the same time, like y'all are, again, y'all are doing a funeral and I'm not, this is not it, a funeral well, kind of situation. <clears throat> it's also, you know, because of the circumstances of the actor, the circums, uh, you know, the actual conditions of the character's death are immaterial in this. Like he just got sick off screen, uh, which is fine. Again, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't like bring Chadwick Boseman back to life, but it made for a less satisfying story. There was no narrative to him dying. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Compared to the other major deaths we've gotten uh, in the MCU, like to, to like Black Widow or Iron Man or what have you, where and you can say what you want to say about those, right? Like there's discourse around all of those things, but at the very least, like they were cool heroic sacrifices. Yeah, you know they were cool moments that are about the character. You know this thing that is supposed to be about the whole the character leaves. That is something you can do. It's just weird because every side character in this you know, Tableau has all of a sudden been promoted to competing for main character and none of them are quite good enough. Like I, I liked Shuri. You mentioned earlier, she's kind of comic relief in the first movie. She's, she's fine, but I don't think she's leading character yeah. strong. I, I agree. With you know, you. either yeah. as a character or as an actress, mm-hmm. like the charisma isn't quite there for her. Uh, I and absolutely agree with that. Yeah. It, it's just, it doesn't, uh, so her just feeling the absence of this character when we have no fun or cool context for the character leaving. Uh, and because we in the back of our head are just like, Oh yeah, the, the actor died of stomach cancer. Yeah. Um, doesn't work emotionally, I think. And it gets to that like thing that you mentioned about Thor where like we're 
it's a weird moment where they're combining the limitations of reality in this extremely unrealistic world because like the first part of that movie is like her desperately trying to solve this dude's sickness using her crazy technology that has up till now been able to do literally anything we wanted it to do. (laughs) Like we can, we can project Freeman so he can show up in future movies. Yeah. We we can grow, we can (laughs) put arms back on people. We can, we can, we can project huge holograms to make it look like this place doesn't exist for a hundred years. We can do all of this. They built an arm. They built an arm. Like they did all this stuff except like for this thing. And again, I've realized like, it's it's a complex comp- conversation to have because this person in the real world died from this thing and this movie is trying to cope with that fact in on a number of different levels uh but it really does just mean that the movie just is it just really really suffers for it especially when they double down on it and uh namor kills um angela bassett and then we have a whole other grief situation to go through uh and and more funerals and more getting beamed into space and all this other stuff and i was just like oh my fucking god like please stop killing people at this point <laughs> yeah it's uh it was it was too much you know it it uh it bummed me out because it felt like they had previously written a character out in a much more satisfying way yeah and i'm sure they have yeah. like i i definitely believe because yeah. they had to redo this movie so much i definitely believe that yeah. there was a there was a yeah. first draft of this that went better Let's talk about Namor because I think. Oh yeah, let's talk about the part of the movie that's cool <laughs> that it and, and, and works. I think you and I are we, both on, all fucking odds. on the record yeah. for hating this dude. And man, it is it is. I just can't believe that I liked him so much. Like I, they just nailed the guy. Just fucking nails the just smarmy attitude. The fucking ankle wings work. Why are those cool? I don't the, know. <laughs> I don't know why those work, but they work. Uh, it's a uh, he's great. He in this movie. He works really, really well. I think uh, Tanak Horta is uh, the, the name of the actor. Uh, not somebody I've seen before and stuff, uh, but he's awesome uh, in this. Uh, sells like the, the tone perfectly. He's also reasonable in this. Like, it's hard to do Namor because if you just make him a mustache twirling villain, like, you know, eventually uh, Namor rides the line. Like, he's in everything. He's, he's good and he's bad. Uh, they did a really good job of that. Like his motivations were not crazy and it thematically made sense. He was what the Wakandans were before the end of black Panther one. Yes. You know, he's going to be isolationist at any cost. You know, he's, he's Killmonger taken to that, uh, you know, without the, without the, the explicitly evil shit, he's Killmonger taken to an extreme, you know, it made sense thematically, a really great performance looked cool. Like one of the things I loved about him is that, he was very powerful, but he flew around and fought stuff. He didn't like shoot beams or like, yes, yes, you know, do anything like that. Like he just went up and punched stuff and, and sliced it with his spear, you know, which is, which I mean, I, it's kind of dumb, but like we get a lot of beams. <laughs> Sometimes we, we get so many fucking, we, beams. Get, we get a lot uh, of beams or, you know, or waves of force or, or whatever. Uh, and so to have someone just walk up and like fucking like slap somebody with a big spear is, is really fun. I thought all of the origin stuff was really well done. I loved the, I loved the way that he presented his argument to Shuri of just like, no, we're kind of in this together. If you think about this, like we're both, yeah. we're both on the outskirts of this, of this nation of this earth essentially like all of these world governments are are there and we are here because we have access to this and we've been protecting it just like you have like that's a good pitch um yeah and then to you know he, he was kind of right like i spent the whole movie being like yeah man go <laughs> go, go atlanteans yeah like, absolutely um i kind of wish forever. i kind of wish that and i know this is just comic book stuff but like 
the with the fact that they made all of the they're not Atlanteans. I, I feel bad because they created a whole culture for these people. And I'm just going to keep calling them Atlanteans. T- Timor or something, yeah. Timorians. But or something they, like they that. made them all blue, um, which I think gives you a little bit more like of a, the goddamn Navi's. Yeah, like a goddamn Avatar movie. <laughs> but I think it gives you a little bit more more like license to just like treat them as disposable. Because, like, oh, now that they're weird blue alien creatures, we could just kill them indiscriminately. We don't have to worry about sacrificing our PG-13 movie. And it made it, like, it made the whole, it made Namor kind of feel a little hollow to me, to be honest with you. Even though Mm. I I think this dude's performance did really well. But by the time we get to the big climatic battle where we have three Iron Man suits flying around and all of these blue alien creatures climbing up a ship or whatever, and they were just mowing them the fuck down, I'm like, I mean, presumably that blue alien creature had a son. (laughs) It was somebody's son or daughter, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) What's wild about that too is that the end of the fight, you know, uh, the end of this movie. Uh, oh, back, go back to the beginning of this episode, everyone listening, and imagine we said spoilers. Um, the uh, <laughs> at the end, the Wakandans get the like are almost dead. Like the the it ends with them at the very end when Shuri comes back with Namor. There's like six Wakandans left from their whole army. Yeah, know, being surrounded by by Atlanteans um like a lot of people just fucking died in this yes you know so it's weird like everyone's pretty disposable in this we're only supposed to care about chadwick boseman and angela lansbury but like a lot of people die <laughs> i would i'm and here it does it does make that feel kind of silly like the the funerary tone from before i am here for the movie where angela lansbury is um chadwick boseman's mother and i think we all are but i just want to make sure you say angela bassett so twitter doesn't oh, come after oh, you. oh fucking a man whoops <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> murdering Chi Hope. Um, yeah, Angela Bassett. My bad. Um, um, we also are introduced to Ironheart, Ruby Williams, uh, a character yeah. I am not familiar with from the comics really at all. I just have mm-hmm. not really delved in. Um, but I knew people were super excited because of her personality and um, a young black woman who is uh, technologically gifted and kind of following in um, Tony Stark's footsteps a little bit as far as like creating these, the robotic suits. I think it's really, really super interesting. Uh, And she's great. And meaner. Like she, her catchphrase in this movie is like shit. Yeah. Like she's constantly like, oh shit. (laughs) Like it's a, it's very Chicagoan uh, in a way that I liked a lot. Yeah. She, I thought she was great. And all of her interactions with the main cast, I thought were super good. Like all that stuff was, was, Mm -hmm. was really fun. Can you imagine you and I have sat down and done like an actual podcast about these movies in the past. The ones we really, really enjoy it are really excited to talk about. Can you imagine sitting down and like going beat by beat through this movie with you, with, with each other? Like just how much of a, like, Oh, <laughs> yeah, how well, many large uh, size uh, we it, would do. Martin Freeman and Julia Louis-Reifus are meeting with the joint chiefs of staff. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> Martin Freeman hasn't told everything to the joint chiefs of staff, but Julia Louis-Reifus knows and they were married wild dude absolutely wild and there's a joke about riding your peloton um, uh, like it's a dick and yeah uh, yeah i do i do remember that um weird that yeah. weird that those two are married or were married at some point like it just seems like a no, weird no need it's <laughs> such a weird vibe like are they setting up the prequel where we learn about all of these people i don't i didn't get it I god understand. i cannot wait for the animated series that just martin freeman jogging yeah uh just just the, the different jogs he's gone on in his youth it's going to be like, while thinking about Wakanda. Like, did you like Kirby or enthusiasm and Veep? Well, we've got a much worse one yeah. of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, the other big scene I think I want to talk about before we, we close the book on Wakanda forever for a while is uh, when she finally creates the magic juice to make her into Black Panther, um, which requires. Oh, with Killmonger. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she, yeah. we've saw this in uh, Black Panther where like he met his father 
and she drinks the juice. I think one hundred percent believe me. And she's going to go see uh, Chadwick. She's going to go see Chadwick. Uh, yeah. Black Panther, her Black Panther, her king, and doesn't. Instead, Killmonger shows up, and I think this was maybe like the most emotional. Like for all it, for as emotional as this movie wanted yeah. me to be, this was the only time that they really fucking nailed it. Yeah, it, the the uh, kill. I'm really glad they had an excuse to bring Killmonger back. Yes, uh, like ridiculous charisma on that dude, and it worked as like this worked thematically as well. You know, like this whole. It's weird because if you squint, I can see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, she is supposed to be this. Um, version that's carrying on black panther's legacy of like non-isolationism and and fear and and killmonger's fierce protection of the nation but not being superstitious like mixing technology with the old ways right like this plays into that you know she she's talking about she eventually makes the the black panther suit but also uses her sonic shooters or whatever uh she's she's marrying those two things she's also marrying you know killmonger and black panther's ideologies mm-hmm. here a little bit um you know the, the the common refrain like killmonger was right you know he had a point they made eventually made him like a shitty villain you know and just made him kill everybody for no reason but he was he had a good point yeah no point so it's a reason why people love that movie um this as a conclusion of that and and underlying it i thought was really effective me too i thought that was all yeah. and seeing and seeing michael b jordan show up was just like again you said you mentioned like so much natural charisma um we watched we're rewatching oh we're watching the wire and and i you don't forget that he is in that, and, and that's probably what maybe his the thing that he is most known for, not at this point, but for a long time. Um, but he is just so good in that, too. Like, he just comes off as such a natural and, like, wonderful person to watch that it's going to make me watch those Creed movies, Gary. Like, that's where I'm leading. I'm, I was like, oh, God. Same. I got to go watch those. Those are fucking sequels to Rocky, and I'm still going to watch them. Uh, dude, like, I, I, I see advertisements for Creed know. 3, and I'm like... Am I gonna fucking <laughs> watch Kang well, versus Killmonger? Yes, I am. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna get into yeah. this. Yeah. Uh. The um the other thing I want to say just real quick before we get off of uh, Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever, is uh one of the things I was thinking about. We were talking about X Men before. Um, you know who would make a great Storm? Angela Bassett. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't they? Whenever they're casting Storm, uh, in these movies, they never go for Regal. Yeah. You know, and like Regal is the way like that is that is what they should be doing. They fuck that up. Halle Berry is not Regal. You know, like she's been in good stuff. She's been a good actress. She's not Regal. And that, you know, the character that they did for the kid Storm was never anything good. Like, I know they can't do that now because she's already played a character. She was probably over this. But like, I wish I could whisper that in a casting director's ear. Like, yeah, if you're going to have an adult X-Men team and a kid X-Men team, or if you're going to have any old guard like Regal, 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 Regal Storm should be. You know, a very statuesque, like a Grace Jones figure, almost. I w- I, w- I want you I know? want that. I was thinking of um, what is this woman's name? Did you see Lovecraft Country? Uh, I only watched the first couple episodes of that. Um, because uh, I read the book and liked it, and it varied from the book, and it, I became a weird like. <laughs> <laughs> it made me mad. Um, yeah, the woman that played uh, um, Letitia's sister, um, Wunmi Masaka. I'll I'll send you her IMDb mm. link. Like she. Towards the end of that, there's like this weird like sci-fi queen alien kind of vibe that happens, uh, which is kind of mm-hmm. nuts. Not to, not I remember to, that from the book. Yeah, no. um, but she and she fucking kills it, and it just makes me think that she would be just fucking perfect for that part. So, I should I should uh, finish watching that show. It's and, um, uh, it's wild. The uh, you know, the creator because uh, HBO didn't do a season two, and she just like released mm-hmm. all of her plans on uh, Twitter 
for season two. I <sighs> love it when that happens. It so it was so yeah, cool. Yeah. Like I was having such a good time with it. Yeah. Did, this is uh, neither here nor there. Did you ever read the pitch for Half-Life 3? No. Uh, mm-hmm. That the original writer wrote? Yeah, like it's out there. Like they never made a Half-Life 3 and they probably won't. And if they do, it's going to be informed by like Alex and, and, and Revelations and that. But you can read the original plans for it uh, online if you Google it. And it's super cool. Uh, and finally, let's talk about Ant-Man, the Quantum Mania, the third Ant-Man movie. Uh, I think you and I, in general, are more positive on these movies than most people. I, uh, the Ant-Mans? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I, I've liked all the Ant-Man movies. I liked the first one. Uh, I thought the second one was, was real fun. Yeah, I like the, the, the second one has um, the lady from Dark Souls, right? The lady from Dark Souls. The Emerald Herald, isn't she in? Do I have that oh, right? I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, there's a, somebody who looks like her. Who's going to be a Thunderbolt. Oh. If that's who, who you who mean, plays, Ghost? Who plays Ghost? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, that's Ant-Man 2. I haven't seen it since it came out. Like, <laughs> you know, these are these aren't movies I watched multiple times or anything in a general sense. Um, Sorry. My yeah, bad. Yeah. yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> now now um, I'm now I'm just fucking dying to know what the hell I am talking about. Like, okay, so she was, you know... <laughs> No, I'm going through other lists. It's like, oh, she was in she was Jill Valentine in Resident Evil. Oh no, I was oh. I wasn't far off. She was uh, Sweet Shalcor in Dark Souls Two. She was the cat. Oh, that, that's awesome. <laughs> that she, sweet Sweet Shalcor is getting work. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah, pe- people don't like this movie for reasons I don't understand. Like, and specifically critics. Like, if you look at, at Rotten Tomatoes, it's certified rotten. It's like less than fifty percent of critics liked it, but the audience score is like eighty three. And it, it is like a really solid B, B plus to me. Yeah. Like I, I thought this was really good and fun and I don't, it felt a lot like to me that critics were writing reviews of it. Then they were just kind of sick of the ongoing project of, of the MCU, which is fair. It just doesn't reflect on the specific movie that much. Yes. You know, I'm, um, um, I think there's, there's some complaints that you can have about this movie. Uh, and like the big one for me is that they really want this to be. Like they show us at the start of like this this family that is together. I mean, not Cassie's mom or anything. She's not included anymore. <laughs> R.P. Judy Greer, yeah. who dies off screen. Apparently, I don't know what happened to Judy yeah. Greer. Um, <laughs> but this like new- she's in the she's at the same Airbnb with all of Scott's friends. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Like that that whole crew. <laughs> They're off doing yeah. Shaun of the Dead too. Um, yeah. They uh like so they they start out with with this family and like. What I really wanted from this when I saw that was like, oh, I want th- these people to experience like whatever this adventure is all together. And the first thing they do is like split them off into teams. And uh, I feel like one team had some really good chemistry. And I think the other team just did not have any chemistry whatsoever. And I was kind of I was kind of torn in between it. But everything that happens throughout the movie, like it just felt like a fun like sci fi romp. Like you talked earlier about having like the superhero movie not really be in the superhero genre for She-Hulk and that's what this feels like right like there's this feels just like you know hey we're Star Wars now or we're gonna do like a cool space movie for no reason it, um and it's just fun like I just had a good time with it my my troll feeling for the whole thing was like oh it's like Star Wars but good you know like it, it's Star Wars but like more fucked up dudes yeah mm-hmm. you know like Star Wars will throw throw a guy like an alien with a fucked up head at you you know, like all the time, but but he but still was raised like, with, by, by both parents. Like he's not fucked up enough for Gary Butterfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need him to be more fucked up, and and the uh, fucked up heads in this were great. Yeah, all of you know, them. They're way up more fucked up so little good. aliens. I think all of the little weird alien guys that we meet were so fucking 
cool and and awful and and hilarious. Like the the guy that yeah. just wants holes in him. Like that dude was fucking ruled. The whole guy. The whole fun guy. payoff for that joke. Fun payoff. The uh, yeah. the bit where they're they're the delicacy where the little octopus and the guy grew like made it grow. Yep. Perfect. You know, and and, no and the fight. Great little scene. Uh, a lot of a lot of shit like that. Like really, the the setting for this like drew tons of shit because I think it does look bad in stills. Mm-hmm. It didn't look bad to me in motion. Yeah, I thought right? that- like watching it, I was like, no, no, this just looks like an alien landscape. Like this is not absolutely top tier striking alien landscape. Like it's not the best alien landscape I've ever seen. But this passes, does the job. Yeah. You know, it's, like it's not. This is know, fine. It's not Dune, twenty twenty one, right? Like it's not. Yeah. But also, I don't think it's trying to be that. I think it wants to be dumb and campy and and weird, and it wants to have weird little guys, colorful and, and, and yeah. huge bright colors everywhere. Like I think they just wanted to kind of go crazy and paint with this huge brush. And like realistically, I I feel like we're getting what would have been a Fantastic Four movie at this time in an Ant-Man oh. vehicle. Because uh, this feels... Between this and Wakanda Forever, like, Wakanda Forever had the queen from the surface flirting with Namor. You know, we're not so different. And I was yeah. like, oh, man, Susan Storm should have been in this role. <laughs> this is exactly you know? what we need. Like, um, they're just giving away everything the Fantastic Four could do, including Cheaty. Yeah. Like, they're, they're just giving everything away that the... Like hearts are broken. It's all going away. William is yeah. it William Harper. Mine, mine is uh, William Harper. That sucks. Is that his name? Um, but yeah, but William Jackson Harper is not. Uh, is not going to be playing Richard Reed's. What a bummer! I fucking hate it. Uh, I liked him in this movie. I thought he was funny, uh, but he it, it would have been much better. Who, who the hell's a Quaz? I don't care about a Quaz. Yeah. Um, I much prefer he should have been Reed Richards. Um, I, I do think all of his stuff with the. Um, uh, whatchamacallit, the, all of the telepath, telepath, telepathy stuff, uh, where he's like, mm-hmm. stop thinking that, stop thinking that. And like, I think that played off of Paul Rudd's just like natural comedic charm and timing really, really well. I think all that stuff was great. But that's part of like, that kind of leads into the, another reason why I think this movie worked is even, so the set of the family, I'm assuming that you're saying, uh, didn't work was the wasp and, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Um, it didn't work, but individually, I end up liking the those characters and performances enough. Like it doesn't have as much charisma with each other, but like I like this version of uh, Hank Pym. I like this version of Janet Van Dyne. Uh, Evangeline Lilly, I'm still not sold on. Like I don't think that she's done a whole lot as New Wasp. And I I might be being biased because in real life she's an anti vaxxer So this could be just me being oh you know I didn't uh, I didn't I don't think I knew that about her so. That's oh yeah um <laughs> interesting yeah. Uh, so now her performance will make sense um the uh I, I feel like she did not have tons of charisma in this but i ended up liking uh the way that michelle pfeiffer and uh, michael douglas uh bounced off each other just fine um you know, that was all good and on the other hand everyone else on the other side was actually perfect like paul rudd is has charm that you know for miles can carry anything basically and uh Catherine newton who played his daughter was really great in this yeah um, they're killing it on introducing new Avengers as far as I'm concerned Dude, with, or young Avengers rather between everybody, everybody they've introduced so far has been a win for me uh, with the exception of uh, what's the little kid Hulk's name Shulk or whatever. Like, but that's only oh, uh, scar scar. <laughs> he yeah. only shows up for a second, five seconds. Like, yeah, that's, that's it. But he does um, look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> he did look like absolute shit. Like, um, right. Shouts to Catherine Newton who came up on supernatural. I got to give her some, some, some huge points for that. It's wild watching her in this because 
pretty much throughout this movie, I was like, yeah, she went through that on Supernatural. Yeah, this is, I mean, if you did, if you take the space part <laughs> out of it, she kind of went through this with her parents, with her like found, found family or whatever. Like it's the, it's a lot of the same thing, but uh, it's funny watching her as like a grown woman now when I've been watching her for so long on, on the, on the other show that I cover on a podcast. Um, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer's Merlin. performance, I think, did not work for me very well at all. Uh, I, th- mm. I, I it was the the times of the movie I was the most taken out of it was when she was doing anything actiony, uh, because I'm, I'm sure this woman just does not want to do like crazy weird stunts or stunts or anything. So it just really, really looked like she was just like filmed outside of everything. She looked the most unnatural mm. in this crazy unnatural world to me. Uh, and they and they lean on her a lot in this movie for. Uh, I mean, kind of my main problem with with her is that she just she could have just told people this like if she had just like yeah. had a conversation with people a lot of this movie wouldn't have happened which you could say about a lot of movies that's not necessarily a complaint i just i kept expecting her to be like oh yeah i should just talk we should sit down like you know and, yeah and have a it's, drink it's frustrating and- to have a character constantly say we don't have any time and waste way more time than they would do just by exactly. explaining it yeah um, you know that that's very frustrating I think like maybe part of giving her as much stuff to do and kind of accounting for her time in the the quantum realm and making it important was a little bit of like a, a shout out to the character. Sure. Yeah. You know, like doing the Evangeline Lily, like daughter wasp has not had a whole lot to do in these movies. And uh, Janet Van Dyne wasp is a founding Avenger. Like in the comics, they wanted to make her important and cool in this. Um, it were it worked for me, but I agree with you that the action was not good. Yeah, and I agree she should have just talked. Um, I didn't like, I, I, and I I didn't even think about that. Like them wanting to do, and I still think they they them wanting to give tribute to that the character more than they have in the MCU. I would I would watch like hank and janet in the fucking 60s right now like put that on the mcu do that as an animated series uh, or do that as a because i mean you you don't want to de-age them that much like actors are getting fucking old man um well i was i I would i do not want those two people whatsoever (laughs) like i want yeah yeah (laughs) yeah do do young young hank and janet uh as shield agents who have this superpower yeah back in the day as a period piece fuck yeah um Um, all to the good um i feel like we have to talk about kang uh who oh yeah dude this so fuck this guy's so fucking cool we were just talking about lovecraft criteria now i mean this dude is just he's just so fucking cool and amazing in this like i i loved his performances as as, uh that that king has all these kings have a name the one who remains the one who remains um and yeah but then he's here and he's just like the only thing it's I, 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 they, 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 I don't know. I can't even, I'm so excited to talk about this. I don't even know what to say. You, do, sorry. <laughs> you got Jonathan Major's disease. The, the, uh, the funny thing is contrasting him with Michael B. Jordan because Michael B. Jordan, and I'm not contrasting them because they're black. I'm contrasting them because they're villains in, in a Marvel movie. Uh, Michael B. Jordan has incredibly easy charisma, you know, like Michael B. G. Bor- Michael G. Borden. Uh, he, he, Colossus. Uh, everything seems really, <laughs> seems really natural, right? Jonathan Majors, everything has effort and intention to it. It doesn't feel it's still incredibly charismatic, but it's off-putting, you know, in in a way. He's making the the same kind of reasonable points at some points. You know, like Kang's a villain, Kang's Kang's a jerk, but he's making some reasonable points and everything, but it, it comes off as unsettling and like interesting as opposed to just easy. Mm-hmm. If if that distinction makes sense. Yeah. Like it, it feels like it's it it, it they're both making choices to do this. I'm not undervaluing either of them. One of them, the choice they're making is to have this come off as natural and like 
you know, uh, this is the most reasonable thing in the world. And Jonathan Majors is making a choice of like, no, I want to give a really weird kind of canted energy to all of my scenes and deliveries that make them like it's charismatic. It, there's no other word for it. Yeah. Um, I, I find him very arresting. Uh, I did at the end of Loki as well. All of the scenes in this movie that he's in, um, I thought were super cool to watch. Uh, I think he sold a threat yes. really well. Mm-hmm. You know, like as just somebody for whom like, yeah, this is uh, all small ball. Yeah. You know, this shit, this shit does not matter. There's a lot of people who have discoursed about him in a non-performance way of just like, it sucks that he gets taken out by Ant-Man because Ant-Man sucks. And like, no, he gets taken out by like four Ant-Men and an entire army. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not quite that like that simple. Although th- uh, arguably the worst part of this movie is just him and Ant-Man, like in this huge, magical, crazy universe and just like throwing hands, like punching. One yeah. Another. <laughs> <laughs> Getting, I, I like the, the end fist fight because it was like, they're all fucking desperate, you know? Sure. I really, I really like the, the Ant-Man, like, again, there's gonna be spoilers, but like, I don't have to win. I just need to make sure you lose mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is a really good uh, compromise for a character of this power level fighting, you know, the equivalent of Thanos. Yes. Yeah. And I thought that was, um, it's just, it's just funny when you're like, when you realize you're like, you're sitting back and you're like, Oh, I'm, they're just, they're just punching each other in the face. Okay. Well, I guess everything gets settled in that kind of way. <laughs> like we're down. We're yeah, down. Just, what if Paul Rudd and Jonathan Majors got into a fight? <laughs> um, finally it can be shown. Um, I, yeah, I, I thought he was great in this. I, I thought, I thought it, the idea of him getting exiled because, you know, in this universe, this version got exiled. And I, I love like all the little deliveries where it's like, you know, when Michelle Pfeiffer realizes if she lets him out, he's going to do a lot of awful stuff. He's like, you're going to destroy worlds. And he goes, not yours. You know, as if that explains it, like that makes it okay. Yeah. No, you're going to be okay. I'm going to grant you this mercy. Like he's still in power even when he's not. And, and the delivery um, on, all again, this regal. Stuff, on this stuff, like regal, you mentioned regal, is, regal. is just, it's so weighty and he does it with a, such a pure intention of weirdness that like you're, you're, every time you're, like he kind of looks at somebody and like clearly explains what he's doing, you're just like, who is this weird fucker? I don't want to, I do not want to be in the same room with him. Like he is, he's genuinely yeah. threatening. Um, and even in like the post credit scene or the, the first, I guess, Victor timely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love Victor timely so much. Some silver age Batman ass name, <laughs> but seeing, um, like, well, not the, not, I guess not the post credit scene, but the, what do they call it? The mid credit scene, um, seeing him do, multiple kings uh and it seems like straight from the comics like makes me so super excited about all of the future of the mcu of him as this like, yeah the immortus and and ramen top yeah if it's stuff, just a John, if it's just a jonathan majors vehicle for like the next 10 years sign me the fuck up dude i'm ready in multiplicity the uh one of the weird things about uh that i think works for his performance is that they gave him the scars to kind of match the lines on king's mask mm-hmm. and it always kind of looks a little bit like he's crying you know, like there's this weird way uh, where he he has this he'll he'll tilt his eyebrows and kind of make them look sympathetic, and with the scars going coming across his eyes, it makes it look like he's been crying uh, constantly. Like it's this weird trick that works on me. Like added a lot of gravitas. Oh, okay. Uh, to it. Okay, now I see what you're talking um, about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just it, it I I always uh, it always looked like it. Yeah. Uh, to me, um, and it's a really interesting idea. Again, we were talking about uh, them expanding. The threat to Kang, you know, he can be taken out. It's not a Thanos thing where it's like incredibly difficult to take him out. They can only do it once he's either through time shenanigans or or stuff like that. He can be taken out. He can just transition multiverses. There's infinite of him. Yeah. You know, he has he has that power. So like you can't really an individual might be, t- you know, might be 
capable to take him out, but eventually he will he will win through numbers. There's always going you to know? be a Kang out there somewhere doing Kang stuff. Yep. Yeah. It makes me, you know, I was excited to see this movie because, you know, I like the one who remains stuff in Loki, but, uh, you know, when they announced that it's going to be Secret Wars and uh, the Kang Dynasty as movies, I was like, oh, how are they going to do this? Uh, and it, it really worked for me. Yeah, I think you know? I think they've got a really good setup for all of this stuff, especially with the um, the way that they've played with multiverse stuff in the Spider-Man movie, like bringing in other licensed properties the way that like they have Deadpool there to make it like really, really weird and meta. But then also like this kind of stuff where it's just like Ant-Man <laughs> and he has to deal with the mm-hmm. problem. Like all of that stuff, like the setup for all of this is, is really, really cool. And I'm, I'm, it actually genuinely makes me excited about like other stuff that's coming. And I think the next like big MCU thing is in May, which is the guardian of these galaxy three. And I, and once again, mm-hmm. I am just like, I feel like that's just going to be another Wakanda forever for me. Like, I don't feel like it's going to forward the MCU on very much. I think it's going to be much more of a goodbye to all those characters and I'm just not looking forward to it. But yeah, with- I was, I was going to do a quick, a rapid fire as we wrapped up to, to kind of rate, uh, interest levels and stuff. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, on the I'll, slate I'll, I'll save some of that. Right stuff now. Then. Um, yeah, no, 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 I, I will do it right now. Uh, so gardens of the galaxy three, not feeling it. eh? Yeah. Not feeling it. eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely not. Feeling uh, it. I, I wish that it wasn't um, the guy who's playing Adam Warlock, who also plays the jackass kid in Midsummer. Uh, I think has a stupid punchable face, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't like that. Also, Harry and Styles think, is in that movie, which I don't care about. Say what? I think Harry Styles is in that movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think it's going to be weird to make me care about Rocket's origin. I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. Um, you know, I liked, uh, guardians two a lot. I thought guardians one was okay. Um, I'll, I'm, I not, don't have high hopes. Yeah. Might be all right. Um, the Marvels I'm kind of interested in, uh, I liked Captain Marvel. I liked, uh, Monica in WandaVision a lot. I think it's cool that she's going to get in movies. You know, this isn't coming out until the end of the year, but yeah, you know, that's cool. And, and you have that. not seen Miss Marvel yet, right? Not yet. Okay. The, no. that will make you. I was I was like kind of mid excited for more the Marvels just for Monica Rambeau and because I like Brie Larson a whole lot. Uh, but watching Miss mm-hmm. Marvel and realizing she's going to be like playing off of those two uh, made me a hundred percent more excited for that movie. Like I, I it absolutely converted me into a Miss Mar- into a Marvels fan. <laughs> I haven't even seen the movie yet. I was like, yes, yeah. this has got to be great. I'm the, there's really no reason I haven't watched it yet. I just was getting through stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. And we'll we'll talk about it because we have TV shows that have built up as well. Uh, for one of these, uh, Captain America. Don't know about what that will be or anything like that, but I really like Falcon Cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked him at the end of Falcon of the Winter Soldier. Um, I think that's cool. Uh, good actor, IMO. Uh, weirdly, kind of excited about Thunderbolts. I think that's a fun idea. Uh, it's real strange to take side characters from movies that people didn't like and TV shows and make them a team. It's kind of, it feels like a dry run for what we want them to do with X-Men a little bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'll be really curious as to how that works out. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm no. cautiously excited for that. I think, um, I, yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, sometimes I just like, and they, they sold me on the Avengers. I remember when they like started the MCU and I was like, ugh, the Avengers do X-Men, do the, do the cool team. And like, yeah. now I am completely sold on the Avengers, right? Like 20 years later, here I am. Um, so maybe they'll do that with the Defenders too. But I also feel like 
The Defenders? Okay. Let's let's see what or you the, got. The Thunderbolts? Yeah. Thunderbolts, not Defenders. Yeah. I'm sorry. If they, they bring the Defenders in, I'm out. <laughs> the, the, like Hulk, Namor, Silver Surfer, and Doctor Strange. I heard that they like, like they, they threw money at somebody to produce. Have you, you saw Hawkeye. You watched Hawkeye, right? We talked about that. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're actually making a real version of that like dumb play that the musical the musical yeah. yeah fuck that i think that's dumb yeah no super fuck that like i i have no interest in that that's irritating <clears throat> uh to me um and then obviously they're bringing in you know deadpool and fantastic four all this stuff that we don't know we literally know nothing about yeah you know that's coming through we've also got um, um secret invasion yep uh secret invasion i'm excited about uh, i think that's cool uh and i'm curious as to see how they'll do it <laughs> i just noticed you know? as i'm looking through this list because i got excited because uh my, 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 I'm a secret stan of uh, Agent Mariah Hill, uh, Kobe Smolders, uh, mm. but she she's credited right along next to your boy Everett Ross, Martin Freeman. <laughs> Hell yes, <laughs> he returns he's back, baby. Everett Ross will what if return. He's going to scrawl this entire time, and that's why we spend so much time on it. Okay, the payoff, the payoff yeah. would work. I'm ready. The the got to be some kind of payoff. They did it with uh, uh, what's her head, who turned out to be the um, the power broker in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. Did uh? So they they might might have a payoff. Did you know that they cast Amelia Clark as Abigail Brand? No, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> just, That's interesting. I just saw the. I'm on. Uh, I mean, I'm the Hollywood Reporter, so I'm assuming that this is legit. Uh, newcomers to the MCU include Amelia Clark as Sword Commander Abigail Brand, uh, Olivia Coleman as Agent Sonya Falsworth, and Keasley Benadir as Scroll Leader Gravik. So I don't know. No, Gravic. Gravic. Hell is yeah. Abigail Brand. That's super exciting. I just want to see her. I want to see who Amelia oh, Clark yeah. is going to have to make out with to be to be married to Beast in a few years. Beast, Beast, Beast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. That's interesting. Well, and also, uh, what is it? Steven Yu has been cast and people don't know what it is yet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's real cool because I, I love that guy. Um, uh, that actor is fucking incredible. There's also Echo, which I think me and you both are like, eh, okay. Uh, I, I could not care less about Echo. I don't yeah. understand why people want it. It's um, it's wild to me yeah. that that like for, that people responded to that comic so much and then also responded to the character that's they as they represented her in um the Hawkeye TV show. Um, yeah, that's fucking weird. Loki season two, uh, Ironheart should be super good, probably right. Yeah, curious about Ironheart. Loki season two should be great. That we mm-hmm. we only referred to it obliquely, but that post the post post credit scene in Quantumania, which is you know has Loki and uh, Owen Wilson hunting down different Kangs and they find Victor Timely the weird twenties Kang uh, with the AOD uh, haircut. Um, if that has, if that's what they're doing in that season, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Like Kang hunt. It reminds me, did you ever read the, uh, the comic, the reboot of um, extreme X-Men, I think with Dazzler as the leader of the team where they're hunting down evil Xavier's from other dimensions. No, that sounds awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Like it's, it's not perfect, but it, it's throw that on the, throw that on the DOFC list, man. I don't think we've talked about that. But that sounds great. <laughs> hunting, we'll hunting to, Xavier yeah, we'll to, needs to, we need to get into that. Um, I've only, I've only read a little bit of it. So it's, uh, yeah, there's also, uh, um, I didn't know this, but, um, I don't know how to pronounce this dude's name. Uh, Kai Hai Kwan from, you may recognize him from Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom and everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, yeah. That guy, uh, yeah. he is in Loki season two. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, I like him a lot, too. I'm just going through, I'm so, going through the list now to see if there's anything interesting that might be coming up that we haven't caught. Oh, there's also the Agatha movie, Agatha TV show, which seems oh, the, super the, weird. Yeah. Covenant of, of chaos, mm-hmm. which I think that one of the things I think that could do, I think the kids, uh, Wanda's kids are cast in that, the actors. 
So if they were going to make uh, Speed and Wiccan like Young Avengers ready, mm-hmm. they could do some magic shenanigans and, and get them, rehabilitate them up. Yep. Into it. You know, uh, that would be fine. Uh, um, Darede- Daredevil Born Again. Should be super good. I, yeah, that, I, I'm excited about that. I think that's a cool... Uh, cool idea. Uh, Charlie Cox has kind of said publicly, like obviously they can't say much, but he's like, oh yeah, this is like t- when people are asking about like the violence and comparing it to the Netflix series, he's been like, yeah, this is you need to think of this as like a like a different kind of uh, adaptation of the character. Uh, like even though it's me playing the character and it's, it's following some of those things, like this is a different, like I feel like they're going to it's not going to be the absolute gore fest. <laughs> like we're not going to have Kingpin Wait. slamming a dude's head into a car door until he decapitates someone and, and porn again, I think. I, I, well that it's weird too because you, you know we we talk about part of the reason why the mcu uh short circuits so many people's brains i think is because it only makes sense if you're looking at it as through an adaptational lens from comics and like daredevil has had bright superhero periods yeah you know he he's not always the dark guy who's decapitating people indoors uh you know who has the time sometimes he's uh you know a bright and colorful superhero and i think that's part of why he was in the golden red uh, outfit yes in she hulk mm-hmm. to mark that was difference. just like preparing us for fun daredevil you know he doesn't decapitate anyone in that show so yeah. uh, um at least that i could see i think i think that's all of like the announced projects uh that they they have put out there so far um so it's i mean i think and there's probably a bunch of stuff that they just have not announced yet I, like we've said earlier i really hope they do more like spontaneous werewolf by night kind of like oh this is coming out next month mm. without a whole lot of hype and, and things like that so yeah uh, i was very disappointed there was no fantastic four x-men shit yeah uh, at the end of quantumania or wakanda forever um there very well could have been you know there's a little bit you know wakanda forever namor says he's a mutant straight up yeah I it's the first time they've used the word you know, he, said the, he says um, the M word. I got the, I got, he even says he's yeah. the, he was the first mutant, I think, uh, which yeah. is, which is a real, uh, you know, important thing from the comics. So that's, I think that's really cool. Um, did yeah. you, I didn't, I didn't know this and I didn't recognize this guy. I, I watched like, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Um, hell yeah. I, and it, it was great. Uh, but I saw a video of Paul Rudd being interviewed and they were asking him about how it was to work with Ruben Rabasa. Um, yeah. And who I guess is in Ant-Man Quantumania. <laughs> yeah. He's the, he's the barista. Okay. Okay. Uh, in the beginning. And, and Paul Rudd just yeah. like geeked out. He's like, I fucking love that show. <laughs> and as soon as he got yeah. on set, I was freaking out. I, w- I just, I didn't know if you recognized him or not. Cause I, I t- totally missed me. So uh, I, I will never not recognize that guy. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, uh, I, uh, it, it all, God, I know this is like absolute normie bullshit to say, but like Paul Rudd seems so good. <laughs> no, man. Uh, as like, as a guy and, and, and I just, I don't know. I want to hang out with him and, and say hi. Like, that's awesome. Seth Rogen has a joke him, that, uh, when he started working with Paul Rudd, Paul was older than him. And now, now he is much, <laughs> much older than Paul Rudd. <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's beating him. He's lapping him. Uh, that's very yeah. hilarious. I feel like Cole, I think, feel, feel like that's you and Cole. I feel like Cole is much older than you now. So Yeah, he's, I started, he started off much younger, but now all he does is maintain garages and like yeah. do projects and sheds and shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm joking. I love Cole. Um, Speaking of uh, people who Cole knows, uh, after Uncanny X-Force and this, this which happens after that, even though we haven't recorded the end of that, um, and uh, MCU TV stuff, we're going to go into our next comics thing, and it's much shorter than Uncanny X-Force. We're going to be joined by Duckfeed producer Gwen, uh, my friend and yours, to talk about Old Man Logan. 
Yes. Uh, which I'm really excited about. I have a complicated relationship with Mark Millar. Mark Miller mm-hmm. is actually, I think, how you're supposed to pronounce it. But when I was uh, in my mid-20s and into comics and was kind of an edgelord, like, that edgelord stuff that he does really appealed to me, um, you know, quite a bit. Like, I read a lot of Mark Miller comics. Mm-hmm. And some of them, I think, get hold up pretty well. I think that he gets, people get sick of his bullshit, like the bullshit part of him. And reject everything. Like yeah. there's a lot of throwing out the baby with the bathwater with that guy. Like old man Logan just feels like a fun alternate universe future story to me. Uh, it doesn't feel like, Oh, this is just him being cynical to the point of poisonousness. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I rather like that comic. It'll be fun to talk about. It, it is. And it's not like super long either. I'm trying to look up how many issues it is now. It's like eight issues. I think. Um, oh, it's longer than that. I think. Did they get to yeah. they, they get to fifty issues of Old Man? Logan? Oh no, 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 we're 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 not doing the on the ongoing series of when Old Man. Lo- I don't. Well, actually, I'll have to check in with Gwen. <laughs> Gwen was suggesting. Yeah, I don't she, think that we're propose? doing the ongoing series where he got or just folded the, into the six one six. Just the one through five of uh, like the, the introduction, maybe. Yeah, the inter- the the future story that okay. tells his his origin. Interesting. Uh, the Mark Miller and um, yeah, so that's what I think. But I'll Steve Niven. I, I will check in with uh, Gwen. Sure. If it's all 50 issues, then Gwen's off the cast. Uh, I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah we can't do that. <laughs> like, I've never read those. I don't know if those are good. <laughs> I don't want to read all of that shit again. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is, I think it's going to be, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, it'll be fun to have a, a guest on too, so I'm not just talking to dumb old Gary all the time. I'm a piece of shit, man. Oh, God, you're such a piece Boring of shit. Boring and dumb. Yeah. It's a good thing um, you're good looking, the, or else I wouldn't I, keep I'm you exceeding, around. <laughs> I'm really easy on the eyes and really hard on the ears. That's why I got into podcasting. Um... The uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be really fun, and there's there's a lot of fun shit that like it's it's Hawkeye and Wolverine cruising across the country on the spider buggy, being chased by dinosaurs infected with the venom virus, perfect and stuff. Like it's it's real goofy. So, um, venom symbiote. Uh, what should people do if they like this show? They should go to Patreon.com/slash/DuckVTV and they should donate a couple of dollars every single month, uh, and in return for their hard-earned bucks, they will get a just absolute fuck ton of exclusive content um y'all do so much stuff on the patreon it's ridiculous um a lot of a lot of cool podcasts um y'all's coverage of uh oh shit the movie that you and i were just texting about that uh fuck something in the dirt something in the dirt thank you uh mine completely yeah. blanked was super good and i think that's a that's a patreon exclusive unfilmable this patreon exclusive right yeah yeah, awesome. yeah thank you mm-hmm. yeah I, I like that episode a lot too it's good so uh we've now done all of the uh the benson and moorhead yeah yeah movies i can't yeah. i can't wait for them to release another uh, one yeah they're, they're great uh they're they're re- directing a couple episodes in loki season two yeah 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 um yeah so uh yeah thank you very much you can also uh leave us ratings and reviews yes on apple Podcasts or podcast addict uh the most important thing though is to tell your friends um let's say you have friends who are into these marvel movies or these marvel comics gary gary why not gary gary huh? we're doing an outro oh, and we oh. have not talked about mudok i'm sorry oh fuck <laughs> like what, what did we do <laughs> thank you i'm so sorry i knew there was something we were forgetting about ant-man i was like man we transitioned fast from ant-man into future mcu stuff what are we forgetting to talk about and i was ah damn you kang i literally had the we, imdb page up and i'm scrolling down going oh wait modok <laughs> We 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 got we got trapped by Kang's time trickery. God damn it, Kang! Uh, he teleported us into the future. Um, yeah, Modok. Yeah, uh, I love I love that 
this movie absolutely recognizes the fact that nobody is going to remember the villain of Ant-Man 1 because it was, I mean, that dude, it was an okay performance or whatever, but like, it's such, such a non-entity of a character. And then, <laughs> and then set him up to be this, this, the weirdest fucking thing that has ever happened in the MCU. Like, it, bar none, the weirdest fucking thing is so fantastic to me. When, when it's him flying around with the mask that looks like uh, actual Modoc's face. Yes. I was like, all right, this is exactly what I'd expect a movie MODOK to be. Yes. Sure. When he takes off the mask and it's that guy's face stretched out, like, I, my jaw dropped. I, it, it's just like, huh. It looks, it's so weird because they showed this in the trailer. And uh, I, I mentioned earlier that, like, I, I hated knowing that this existed because I feel like if I had no clue going into this, I would have just been... I would have just like fallen out of my seed. Uh, but as it was, I thought like the trailer stuff, I was like, oh, they're still working on that. Like this is going to be one of those situations where they change Sonic, right? Like they're going to, they're going to, they're, yeah. they're going to make this look better. And no, I think they very specifically crafted this to look so unnerving and weird to, to make that be part of Modoc's like overall, like, impact right like i feel like they did all mm-hmm. of this on purpose people complain about it on the internet about i can't believe the cgi looks so bad and i'm like no no no, dude i think they did this on fucking purpose i think they wanted this dude to look fucking weird well i don't know what you would look like if you just had a giant face that got stretched out to modok <laughs> level you know, other than that like and dude dude commits to it he does he really uh, does. He, he really he's he's having a great time like on some level he knew what he'd be doing I think like his, his face would be doing like, Oh, this is going to be giant and should make everyone uncomfortable. Yes. Like, uh, it, pre- pretty great. And also, uh, to me, some sources of some legitimately like very funny lines. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, nobody was in the theater. I went and saw this in the middle of, of the day during the week. Uh, so it was just me and like a couple other people, but I laughed real loud at like, at least I died in Avenger. <laughs> A very funny line. <laughs> like, and, it's, and it cuts to Paul Rudd going, ah, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah, he did. Like, it's, like, it's really funny. Like, that was a good joke. And literally everybody, um, everybody who sees him is like, oh my God, what did you God, do? <laughs> like, what happened to you? Like, you got little baby legs. He's like, no, they're, like they're normal. And they are normal. His head's just real big. And then there's like the real, like emotional thing that happens uh, because when Cassie sees him, Cassie is like recovering from the PTSD of being terrorized by this wasp as a child in her bedroom and then like now by the end of the movie she's like okay you just need to dial this down a little bit yeah (laughs) like god you're being an asshole uh uh, and yeah really pretty good surprisingly good i'm kind of glad that uh he died yeah yeah in it like i didn't need modok to keep coming back i just need like he wouldn't work imagine him in a more serious movie no dude like that that face and stuff like you can only do this in this this weird little you know we're talking about the genre thing right like Mm -hmm. it being a superhero movie that is also crossed with this pretty wacky space adventure is why modok works in it yeah i mean only in a movie where you know hank pym is it has a giant advanced ant civilization coming to save him from Kang. Can you get Modoc like, mm-hmm. and his tiny little legs? Um, even just the, yeah. the like view of him, like when they show what happened to him is it like grew to normal size, just his head grew to normal size and Kang found yeah. him. I mean, it's just so <laughs> dumb and great and fantastic, man. Yeah. I, I, I had an immense amount of fun yeah. with Modoc. It was also really good to have a, um, you know, he, he, th- these movies do have a formula, right? Like you watch enough of them and you see that characters have 
uh, villains in this have shitty lieutenants so the side characters can have something to do. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, like Atuma, the, the, a big Namor villain, is in uh, Wakanda Forever. You never know it. He's, he's barely named. And it's just there so one of you know, the Wakandan fighters can have somebody to fight yeah. Yeah. on the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, having Modok be Cassie's fight during the side of this was better than it just being nobody. Like it felt it was a character with like fun comic power mm-hmm. uh, to me, as opposed to it just being like another faceless dude. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, just another, another bit of armor. Absolutely. Fantastic. All the way around. I just, I love it. Yeah. So, 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 so much. Loved him. Yeah. Um, Good catch, man. We would have gotten fucking dude, I, roasted we, rightfully. We would have had to, we would have had to retire in shame. We would have had to record like a, an addendum. <laughs> we would have had to come out with a special yeah. episode. Like Gary, it's Saturday morning. <laughs> jump on the microphone. We forgot Modoc. The, the, <laughs> the first episode that was released entirely in the notes app. <laughs> Like as, a, as an apology for like fucking up. Let's collaborate on a Google um, document apology and then just release it. Um, release like, it like Siri narrating it for us. Um, yeah. We <laughs> also AI telling us. We also didn't mention oh. Bill Murray's cameo, which I could have completely lived without. To be honest with you, I'm I'm oh. I'm kind of past my yeah. my affection for Bill Murray that I had in my youth. So <clears throat> it it was fine, but not. Uh, they could have been anybody. Yeah. It was such a small part. Yeah. Like it wasn't like, Oh man, this is awesome. That this is Bill Murray. He's really killing it. Mm-hmm. He just showed up to be Bill Murray in a goofy outfit. Yep. And I, you know, and I saw uh, him do that in zombie land. So I didn't need to see him do it here. So <clears throat> yeah, exa- exactly. It is, is nothing, nothing particularly good. Okay. Now you can go to patreon.com slash Doug feed TV. Uh, and you can tell your friends about the podcast and tell them that we talked about Modoc in the Ant-Man podcast because we're, we're Modoc people. Um, yes, you are now, uh, released to do so please go do that uh we love you be careful stay safe uh we'll be back in a couple weeks with uh, a new guest and old versions of your favorite characters 